Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Backchat Basketball Show back again for another episode. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au or backchat underscore basketball Instagram is where a couple of places you can get in contact with us. Um, ben Niles is in Melbourne and we're hanging out. Uh, we're both wearing white t-shirts. We've got our yeah. Backchat Basketball Show uniform on. Good to see that you could you got the memo on that. It is, it is. I'm living in Richmond at the moment, so I feel like I need to up my game and go with a clean white shirt. So I've done my washing today. I'm back in Melbourne, yep. and you've survived the traffic in Perth. So for our oh, listeners, man. I think you need to describe the horror that is the Perth freeways. Oh, it's brutal. Um, driving from the inner city to out to the northern burbs. Um, today, well, look, when, when this gets uploaded, it will be Friday, Friday morning, good Friday. So hopefully, you know, this will provide a bit of comfort to those who might be traveling and doing a bit of a drive down south, up north to the west, east, wherever you're going. Um, the, the traffic on the Thursday afternoon it was like, you know, last day of school, last day of work for a lot of people. I was driving about 4 p.m. and it was pretty chaotic. So I'm glad I made it pretty safely. Um, we have a bit to chat through. Obviously, NBL was well and truly finished and now the free agency period has begun. There's been some movement. There's been a few signings, which we'll get to soon. And then we can, you know, I'll probably have the 10-minute, um, what do we call it, like a a psych session with you, Ben, while we'll I open just... the Maverick safe space and we'll allow you in yeah. and sit on my virtual couch and we can vent with the pink pillow. Look, I'm here for you. We'll get there. I'm just, every day is tougher. Honestly, oh, the silver I... lining is you've only got three more games and the season's over and then you get to yep. re-sign Curry for four years. So we said we're not going to get into Mavs talk because I yeah, find we'll... it very seductive, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get there. at the end of the episode. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's talk NBL straight off the bat. So, uh, since we since we spoke, um, well, since Greg and I chatted last week on the show, there was not really any movement. I think um, Travers was probably the only big name that had been, um, you know, we didn't even know where he was signing and we still don't know where he's signing, uh, but he's obviously left the Perth Wildcats for bigger and better things. Potentially, you know, um, Sydney and Melbourne have been thrown around. Um, I've heard like a you know, a, a Euro League team potentially, like if he's going to go get paid somewhere. I think he probably stays in the NBL. Um, the the tinfoil hat uh, thing that I had last week for Greg was that he's going to sign with Sydney and that the uh, Sydney brass have been feeding journalists, you know, information so that they didn't spruik that and they didn't, you know, let anyone think that he was going to go to Sydney and it was going to be a last-minute thing. Honestly, that's still on the cards. The more and more I hear, it's probably a Melbourne team. Um, but then there's also the possibility that he goes rogue mm. and he gets some advice from a management where he's like ends up in um, Illawarra or yeah, Adelaide or, or, or something rogue. Um, at the end of the day, I think he is thinking long-term and he wants to be in the NBA and he wants to make a decision that's going to get him closely and, and put himself in the best position possible to get the NBA. And I can't fault him for that. If, if that's not the Wildcats, he should definitely move on. I, I would be 
for me as a Wildcats, um, I wouldn't say a fan, but someone who's who's been following Wildcats for a long time, I, I want Luke Travis to play in the NBA. And if it means that he has to leave the Wildcats and go on to something else, that's what I want for him. Yeah, I heard you and Greg speak last week, and it's one of those situations where what's best for the player and Luke doesn't 100% line up with what is best for the Wildcats at the moment because we'll get onto the Pinder news in a minute. Mm. But the Wildcats needed someone that they could sign and point to and address some of the gaps they had in their roster last year. Whereas Travers, from his end, again, me and you are just nuffies on the outside at the moment. We're just procrastinating and talking. But it seems like he wants to slow this down and get himself into a spot that's going to allow him to get closer to the NBA or if not the NBA, his ceiling, wherever that sits in the basketball world. So I think when you step back and remove Perth from the situation, you can see a young player that wants to spread his wings. Some of those cliche things actually apply here. Yeah. Um, but again, I think the proof's going to be in the pudding because again, your um, conspiracy Dan theory about him ending up in Sydney. Again, if he was to end up in Sydney, the proof is in the pudding there as well. Like they've proven that they can get players to the NBA consistently even the same with the Melbourne teams. And we've spoken about this before, you and I, that being on the East Coast where I am now, it's just a more attractive sell than being in Perth for NBA caliber players because of the proximity to home, the bigger yep. markets, the more money, everything that's going on. And so, again, hopefully Travis can find the spot and the Wildcats fans won't want to see this. I think some of them, but it would be cool if he's average, averaging a triple-double next year yep. and really balling out because if he does that, the truth is he was going to be out of the NBL very quickly. So yeah, I think that's the other thing. He was always going to leave Perth whether that's for Europe or the Cavaliers or the G League, he was not going to be a 10-year Perth player. No. And the door's always open for him to come home. And as I'm sure we'll get onto soon, the guy they've got in to not replace him, but the marquee name they got to sweep the news away last week is going to help them a lot next year. Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously he wants to – the Wildcats have a very ball-dependent um, front uh, – sorry, backcourt in um, – in brass cotton and you know as as we hear more and more it's probably looking closer um that you know they'll have uh sorry gone completely blank Corey webster Corey webster exactly return um and so between those two the ball's in their hand a lot and they need that in order for those two players to succeed Corey webster is is, is a bit more can play off the ball and um and catch and shoot and stuff but you know if you have those two and then maybe a big that they want to feed in that Keanu Pinder or, or someone like in the pick and roll sort of um, system. Luke Travers really just almost doesn't fit really. Like he can do a lot of things, but he's not going to flourish to be that man, like the guy that he, that he needs to be able to show that he can do for a, for an NBA caliber team to, well, the Cavs. I mean, he's still. Yeah. I guess he's still technically signed with the, the, yeah, the Cavs. Yeah, the Cavs have his right for a the, few years. The, the so Cavs have his right. So the Cavs want to see. Look, if can we can we trust you to to be that guy? You can't be the third, fourth tier guy on an NBL team and come into our system. So they need to see that he can do what he can do, um, and that that's obviously not at the Wildcats. So you know, honestly, I hope he does really great things. And and like you said, see where his ceiling is at. You know, Dante Exum, for example, didn't quite hit those strides that we thought he might in the NBA and now is, like, incredible um, playing in, in the EuroLeague, in, in the Spanish League. So um, you know, maybe he's just a, a, one of those guys who, who floats around and plays in really good leagues for his career, and that's a really good like, yeah. result you, for him. You make lots of money, you travel around the world, and the Dante Exum point is interesting. It's a very good point to make because I was covering the NBA when Dante stormed in. He was... A 19-year-old that got himself into America and it was too much too soon and then the injuries hit and he's had to go to Europe to find pretty much what we're talking about here with Travers, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a night consistently, a consistent role where he's getting the opportunities to 
actually make his mistakes and learn his skill set and develop consistency in a routine and a rotation for a team that's actually trying to compete for something which Dante just couldn't have that time in the States. Yeah. And you look at him now, he's going to get a cup of coffee with the NBA again before his career's done. Because oh, 100%. He's got the yep. pedigree, he's got the experience, he's got the athleticism, and he's proven now that he can play for a couple of years without catastrophic injuries hitting. And again, you contrast the him with someone like Joe Ingles, didn't even hit the NBA to his late 20s. So, yeah. And it links back to Travis as well. There is still plenty of time, yet at the same time, you need to make your mark when the striking is hot. And again, Travis has been picked up by the Cavs, and like you say, they have his rights. And the pathway is either to get these minutes here in Australia and play that role or to go over to the G League and do it. And again, we both know that life in the G League is not as exciting as it sounds. It's flying coach, it's on the bus, it's going to all these small cities. So doing it in Australia yep. makes sense. And you're right, the, the best role for Trevor's on the Wildcats next year is that third option on offense that's doing all the little things that's making the gaps fit. That's great if you've got a 30-year-old journeyman, someone like our friend Greg Hire, who's at the later stages of his career, and that isn't yep. gunning for the NBA, but it just doesn't correlate to what's best for Travis the player because he needs to get out of Perth and spread his wings. And you're right, you want the ball in Bryce Cotton's hands and Webster if he comes back. And you've got Pinder on the inside now who his defense is rebounding and he's going to give that team something they haven't had for at least two years, which is a great pick-and-roll threat, like you say, a lob man. Yep. And you can just imagine a Webster-Pinder pick-and-roll with just Cotton chilling on the weak side. That oh, yeah. is going to accelerate that offense in a different way. It might not reach the heights that it did last year, but you're still going to get great offense and defensively the Wildcats might actually be able to stop someone next year, which is what they need to do to win championships again. Yeah, that's right. And something that Greg mentioned last week and and um, probably more on me for not really realizing, but Zave Cooks is 27 going on 28. You know, he's not a 22-year-old that got picked up no. by an NBA team. You know, he he's he's put in some hard work over playing professionally for years. Um, and I think that's a good thing for Travis to see. Look, it doesn't, you know, you don't need a hit when you're 22, 21 in order to be um, considered for an NBA talent. Like, for all we know, Zave Cooks might live on a on a um, NBA roster for the next six years, you know, and and that's incredible. That's a huge effort to do what he's done. So yeah. Travis has to be able to look at that and be like, okay, maybe maybe I'm not going to be a, a rotation guy at the Cleveland Cavaliers when I'm 23, but if I keep doing what I'm doing, I've sh- it's been shown and it's been. Um, it's happened before me that it that can happen at, at a later age. And like you said with Joe Ingles, now with Dante Exum, like I think we're just so used to being like they're 20 year old, they're great. They go, they play a year in college then they end up in the NBA and they're like Donovan Mitchell or whatever, you know, it's, it's just, it's not the same pathway for everyone. No. And that's it from an NBA fan, right? Which is what you are. And I am. Yeah. But again, that's different to, to people that are just NBL centric fans because there's almost a catch 22, the better the NBL gets in terms of better players and higher caliber athletes that the more you attract those players down here, the more they're willing to leave for bigger and better opportunities because they have them. You remember the chat we had last year with Brady Manick. We flat out told us like his aim for his career is to make as much yep. money as he can, as yep. quickly as he can. And frankly, he has the ability to do that, same as Travers, to make millions of dollars every year. Whereas the average NBL player 10, 15 years ago, they didn't have that opportunity anywhere in the world. So the thought yep. of leaving or the thought of having to leave from Perth to go to Melbourne to use that as a stepping stone to get to Sydney, then get to Washington, like that's yep. a completely new pathway for Australian-level athletes that have NBA-level talents. And it sucks for Perth fans specifically, but Travis is probably the latest test case of that happening for a local athlete where 
it's time for these guys to graduate from their first NBL opportunity to move on to the next one. And as well, the Cook's point is interesting, right? Because it also shows that when you have opportunities, you need to take them because oh, yeah. you look at the NBA, the Washington Wizards are one of the most poorly run franchises there are. They spend less money than most franchises. They're perennial, perennial, can never say that word right, <laughs> underachievers. Yep. But Cook's got the opportunity to go and you have to go and take that opportunity and Hell do yeah. that if you get the chance. And the same thing to put a bow on Travis. He's got the Cavs' interest. He's got them to commit that second-round pick. And to be frank, if they're telling him to get out of Perth, I don't know if they are or not, but very simply, if they are, it's time for him to make that move and accelerate his career. For sure. The whole um, you should move out of Perth, I'm not. I'm still unsure if that's a wildcat spin where they're just like, look, we weren't uh, – you know, maybe the Wildcats organization just hasn't been running as well as Luke Travers would have liked and he's like, I'm getting out of here and it makes sense for the Wildcats to go, look – you know, he's been told to get out of Perth for various reasons. It's nothing on us. It's it's all for his, you know, future endeavors. So I think things will things will come out. Um, I've seen some tweets recently um, from former players, from a former player that doesn't paint the Wildcats front office in the best light. But look, I think everyone's got their own sort of point of view and their own take on that. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is I, I this is. And and the good thing about the, from the fans' point of view is that I think everyone's on Travers' side. Like no one's going and no one's going to if he plays for Sydney next year, he's not going to get booed or or you know Melbourne whatever. He's not going to come over to Perth and get harassed. I think people, it's it's a good story. You know, he's from Rocco. He grew up in front of Wildcats fans. That whole cliche, like you know, it's, people it's, want it's him to blueprint. succeed. I think it's the blueprint for what not just the Perth. NBL club, but all these NBL clubs should be selling this as their selling proposition, right? Come play basketball for these young men and women with the WNBL as well. We'll mm. give you the training. We'll help you get drafted by the best leagues in the world. And when it's time to move on for whatever reason, there could be a million of them. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing for them to develop and move on. And for the club as well, again, not just the Wildcats, but the league. The NBL, it's not like the AFL where you've got young draft picks and you can tank and have a bad year like our Eagles are trying to do at the moment and accelerate oh and get Jimmy in. I don't the Eagles. Well, Jimmy is our Jimmy for years, but yeah. Yeah, we'll have a fan podcast. But you can't <laughs> yeah. do that in the NBL. No. Like the reality is if Bryce Cotton, don't wish this on him, but if he gets injured tomorrow and is out for a season, the Wildcats' trajectory of their team is over and they don't have anything to be rewarded for for having a bad year. Their season is just done. Yeah. And on the flip side, yeah, draft. Correct. So the it impacts things outside the basketball court to see a young player leave. But on the basketball court, again, would you well, not you? But most people, when you look at Travers versus Pinder's skill set, Pinder is a better NBL player right now. He's going to be a better player next year. So the Wildcats, it's not this simple. But if it's one in, one out, they've actually done better on the court. But it's hard yeah. to decouple the emotions and the storyline. And like you said, he's this kid made good from Rockingham which mean you know what that's like, right? And so it's emphasised. And I think mm. fringe fans don't fully comprehend that there's a big picture at play. Yeah. But again, hopefully the Wildcats, for everyone's sake in Perth, start winning games next year and we know what happened then. If they start winning and they're in the top four and things are good, life will be good and the stresses will go away. Exactly, yeah. And and last thing on the, the Travis thing, like you said, with, with bringing Pinder in, and we can talk about that now, is like the biggest, the biggest hole in the Wildcats team for, you know, I'd say since probably since like Angus Brandt and Nick Kay were there, like they haven't been able to rebound, defend and they've been able to score and beat teams like on the scoreboard in that sense. But the biggest issue for them has been that interior defense, someone who can roll to the rim, someone who can get um, offensive rebounds and do that dirty work inside. And Keanu Pinder um, is shown to be that he can be that guy. And I think, I think fans are really excited about him. 
Yeah, you're right. Not since Nick Kay have the Wildcats had a big man, <clears throat> excuse me, that has the skill set and just the upside that he has. And we can look at the easy ways of looking at that, right? Just go look at the box scores, the listeners out there, of what he's doing in Europe at the moment. He is tearing up what actually is the second best league in the world and doing that at a very high quality level to a point a couple of weeks ago where there were valid concerns from NBL fans, whether Pinder would be, again, graduating out of the NBL and going to play in Europe or actually trying to make the NBA himself. So it's great for Perth that he's decided to commit to the NBL for another year because the Wildcats have someone that was playing at an MVP level last year. Now, again, his season was cut short at times because he wasn't able to get out there and play the minutes that he wanted to. But the Wildcats, like you say, they've got this big man now that addresses their biggest concern. Again, it's cliched stuff, but it Mm -hmm. simply applies. He's a good Mm -hmm. defender, a very good defender at level. He can rebound. He can move his feet. And on offense, it's going to look different, but I don't think they're going to lose an awful lot from a metrics point of view, like I said before, because they've got this elite big man now that can roll to the basket. He can pick and pop. He can use his athleticism inside. And you think about it for Bryce Cotton, when's the last time he played with a big man like that? Nick Kay had a great skill set, but it was slightly different to what Pinder brings to the table. So. Yeah, Nick Nick Kay could pop it and and hit like jumpers and stuff like that, and, and go out to the three. It, it is completely yeah. different, but but there are some similar aspects to it as well. Well, I think it's just having a big. This yeah. is so cliche um, and so right. like internet fan, but just having a big dude inside that can just muscle around is going to help unlock some different ways for the yeah. team to score. People love block shots. Like it's 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 an awesome thing to have someone on your team that can block shots, and the general and like it is awesome. Like I'm not like trying to diminish like general basketball fandom of blocking shots, but it's like you'd ask how many you know if you went out to the fans and go, hey, what would you love to see the Wildcats be able to do? Oh, I'd love someone that could actually defend and block shots, um, and he's going to be able to do that. So, anyways, let's let's move on a little bit from the the Perth Wildcats. Um, there has been uh, Will McDowell White who um, play, you know, had a great season with the New Zealand Breakers. His name was being flown around to quite a few clubs. One of them was um, the Perth Wildcats. I think he's got a really good connection with Keanu. Um, and there was some talk that maybe he'd be bringing him over to Perth. Uh, but he's re-signed with the Breakers, and that's a really good get for them because, I mean, I saw an... I saw from someone that I sort of respect a bit um, on Twitter saying that uh, he's like almost NBA level. I, I don't think he's quite there, but he's definitely one of the best guards in the competition. Yeah, McDowell White, again, we know he had a great season last year and he's a bit different to someone like Xavier Cooks because he doesn't scream NBA athlete when you look at him. He doesn't have that size and that athleticism. Which probably means you're right. The ceiling for him as a player probably is an elite level European team if that's where he wants to go with his career. Um, But him playing at the NBL, if he can back up what he did last season, again, in year two with New Zealand, and there's lots of reasons why they would hope that's to be the case, right? They're back home for the second year running. They're back with the same group. Again, they've got some cohesion. There's every chance that they could be another good team next year. And for them to probably sustain where they are, it's going to need another jump from McDowell White. So he's definitely Mm -hmm. got the opportunity to do that in New Zealand, like you, I heard all the rumours about him coming to Perth. He's actually got some family in Perth. So there are some reasons why, again, people got excited. But for him, and again, taking an agnostic view of the league, I think it is good that he stayed in New Zealand because, yeah, again, there are fears that teams like Illawarra and New Zealand and Cairns get their players raided by yeah, the bigger teams. Thing. Exactly, yeah. and it becomes a feeder league. So in that sense, it's good that the breakers came to the table and from what I hear, matched the money that was being offered around the league. So... Their ownership group has stepped up. They're paying someone that deserves the payday. 
And again, like we said mm. for Travers, it's only a year because the way these leagues work and these contracts work, if he gets an NBA offer over the next 12 months, he'll be gone. If he gets the opportunity to go, he will. But it means New Zealand can build again. And again, we podcasted after all of the grand finals games. Both of us had a sweet spot for that New Zealand team. So it's a really cool story for them to get a second chance at it. And again, who yep. doesn't love a redemption story? And let's hope they can get back to the postseason and give it another crack next year. Yeah. All right. Let's, um, as more and more NBL signing, I know there's a few that we, that we've missed, but, um, as more and more come to fruition and teams start to form, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, in the next few weeks, uh, I've got, uh, so Shane Hammerhill is, is going to be coming on the pod as well as, um, Ryan Brokoff, former Dallas Maverick, um, played at Southeast Melbourne Phoenix as well. Um, and, uh, there was one, uh, Paul Smith, um, Sydney King CEO and, uh, Kevin White, former Wildcat, um, interested to hear his take on a few things that have been happening recently. So, um, we will be still covering the NBL over the next little while as much as possible. And as things come up, obviously we'll talk about them, but we're going to try and pivot to chatting to some people that were, you know, obviously directed in the league, um, to get their take on a lot of stuff and which is really fun. We've had Anthony Zrimic, um, Nice pronunciation again. Um, And uh, so you can go back and listen to that one if you haven't. And that was just a good general chat, you know, about his story and the, um, uh, some of his journey going from college to, to, to the NBL. So um, keep listening in. We'll, we'll we'll cover some NBL stuff, but let's, let's go to the NBA now. Uh, All right. Let's, let's just talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Let's just do it for a sec. Um, at one point in time, I thought we were pushing for the fourth seed in the Western Conference to get a home um, playoff run, uh, sorry, home playoff series. Currently sitting outside the play-in tournament, so like not even going to play in the playoffs. Had a horrible run since Kyrie Irving's come in. Luka Doncic just like, don't, don't even think he wants to play basketball anymore, to be honest. Like, could not, no, that's a, I'm being facetious, but like our star player just looks disinterested, um, doesn't want to defend. He's got things going on. Uh, the media have been speculating about his relationship with Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie Irving apparently was going to explore Miami at one point. Um, then also his rumblings that he wants to stay with the Mavericks organization. Mark Cuban's come out and said that Jalen Brunson's dad was the reason why that Jalen Brunson didn't sign with the Mavs, even though they had the opportunity to resign him. And then apparently they never really had an opportunity to resign him. So he's like going back on all these things he's been saying. Um, there's no chemistry. Everyone hates one another. That's the Dallas Mavericks right now. And I'm just, Honestly, I looked at the the, the game t- the, this morning and they beat the Sacramento Kings, which is great. That's a good win. Like now, it's not it's <laughs> nothing to, you know, the Kings have locked away the second seed in the West Conference or something. First time they made the playoffs in sixteen years. Sixteen years. They like that beam and they've booted you out of the playoffs again. Exactly. Uh, I like I could, we beat the Kings this morning. I was like, I don't care. Couldn't couldn't care less anymore. There's no like, there's nothing to live for anymore. Um, so that's what's happening with the Dallas Mavericks. So we don't he, need to talk about it anymore. Here's my question for you as a Mavs fan. All right, right? go on. Let's talk I've, about it. <laughs> we've got all night. I've got plenty of time. But yeah. Obviously, now that Luka Doncic draft pick, they got him in. Awesome home run. Apart from that, in the past five years, have they done anything from a front office point of view that you can point to as being a good move? Drafted Jalen Brunson. And that was they, great. That went that sour. Went. They ruined that. Um, Josh Green, the draft of Josh Green, that was good, and he's pr- like proving to be like he's had a rough, he's had a rough couple of weeks, but he's showing that he can do like he's not a 
but he's they're asking him to be the number one defender, which he's not. Again, because I actually, not right now, not right now. I had a good giggle listening to old Marky Mark this morning talking about everything that went down at the franchise, and I sat back and thought about it. I'm like, dude, come on, you've just made all these mistakes over the past few years. And I think the funniest thing is, this isn't even Kyrie's fault. I can't put any of this no, at blame Kyrie's at Kyrie. has been awesome. Kyrie's <laughs> he's been, been great. Awesome. He's, he's led like 20-point comebacks in the fourth quarter by himself. He's gone on like 15-0 runs by himself. He's like clutch. He has been like – he's been getting around younger players and you can tell that they're like genuinely respect what he's saying. He's, he's not out there just like faffing about. Like Kyrie has been – 100% not the problem. Luca has – I saw he took the blame. He's like, I'm the reason why we're not making the playoffs. Like, I've played basketball for four straight years. I've had four weeks off in four years. Um, I'm just not really defending because I'm wrecked, basically. Um, so the team is not built well. Correct, and that's the biggest thing. Luca deserves some blame because I'm one of these people that think he can be a top 10, 15 player of all time if he gets his stuff together and finds the right teammate. Players of that ilk should not be missing the playoffs, let alone missing a play-in spot and finishing 11th in the conference. So there's some blame that needs to be laid at Lucas' feet. Jason Kidd is speaking like a man that wants to get fired and take his payday oh, and go I'm to Cancun. sick of Jason Kidd. <laughs> Welcome to Milwaukee Bucks fans' life. I think Kidd has two good years in him, does some good things, and we're seeing it again. He's burning out. And while there's some blame there, I agree. They're just not well run because you look at everyone down. Kyrie's doing his job. Green's doing his job. Christian Wood is doing his job. He's a seventh-rate man. He's doing all he can. But they just don't have any wing depth. And, again, I've joken about this a couple of times with you, but they've got one chance to make a miracle trade over the next 12 months. And if they can't pull that off, then the rebuild's going to begin because players like Luca do not stick around for this. And I can see the look on your face. <laughs> I just... So this is what I think happens. I think Luca. I think Kyrie re-signs with the Mavs, like you've said in the past, I think they're probably the only two that, that want each other. Um, I think Kyrie said, like, he's going to explore his options, but every player says that. Like, I've heard Dirk, I heard Dirk say that in his career. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sign an extension. We're going to explore our options in a free agency. It doesn't mean that they're going to leave. It just means they don't want to give leverage to the team that they're with at the moment. If they go, yeah, I'll be here next year, then the team's like, great, I'm not, we're not well, we don't need, we don't need, like Correct. butter with you. So of course, like the play, he, Kyrie is saying the right things. He's been doing all the right things. So I, I think Kyrie resigns. I think they retool a bit. Um, there'll be some pieces to pick up from hopefully from Golden State Warriors. Cause I think they'll blow it up after they don't do anything this postseason. I think they go, we had a really good run and now let's try and get some picks for players. So maybe we could cash in on that. I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. The Mavericks in 2011 built this really good team and caught lightning in a bottle. But apart from that, they, you know, they've done that. They haven't even, shown that they can build a championship side. And so I've lost faith as well. And again, yeah, that was because of that, you know, because you know why? Because Mark Cuban knew things that other people didn't yeah, and know. Tyson Chandler walked out and the, door. the collective bargaining agreement was going to change and the cap was going to change. And don't worry, like, you guys will see this. Honestly, if they kept them all around, they probably could have been in the Western Finals again that season. Anyways, I'm not going to just complain for half an hour. So, one last question on this. Do. What would you rather happen, them to win their last two games, sneak into the play in, or to lose the last two games and end up with a 5% chance of getting Wimby? What would you prefer? I would rather them, I honestly would rather them win and get into the play in okay. than, than 
Will all this turn around? Will you get uh, some momentum and some excitement if they sneak into tenth place? If they if they win the first round of the playoffs, I'm saying I'm putting a thousand dollars on to win the championship. Because <laughs> I'm a I'll, big, I'll give you those odds. You can give me that money. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big believer in like Cinderella stories. Like if there's an opportunity for one to happen, like I'm getting around it and I'm fully believing that it's going to happen. Um, but look, because the, the top the thing is, if the Mavs fall out of the top ten draft, like they give their pick to the Knicks, so they if they're going to tank, they should have tanked. I mean. They've been bad for a long time now. But if they're going to tank, they really should have committed to doing that a long time ago. They can't beat the Kings What's in a meaningless game just to give their pick to the King, uh, to the Knicks. Sorry, it's just I'm again, a frustrated lose, fan. If they can get that 10th pick, they can at least use that to trade this offseason again. As I think I've told you, I think they're screwed. But again, maybe this gets turned around. And looking at the standings now, there's a chance they could be playing the Lakers in the play-in to get into the playoffs. That is some drama and some entertainment I would sign up for. Imagine Luca going into LA and the drama and the noise and the Stephen A. Smiths of the world going nuts as that game takes yeah. place. Maybe let's hope look, that happens. Uh, look, yeah. The thing is the Lakers just all of a sudden look good and all of a sudden like LeBron being shut down for the season for you know potentially career-ending injuries now been turned into like, oh, no, he was fine because like they got a sniff at the playoffs. Um, anyways, I'm just I'm just a bit a fan of of a, of because of a multitude of things. Your um, what about your seventy? Because your pick was seventy sixes. It was Milwaukee. Was it? No, I'm Bucks. on the Bucks train, and they're, they're still just doing their thing. They're doing their thing. They've got the best record in the league now. They've got that number one seed wrapped up, and I think why has Brook Lopez all of a sudden become the best big man in the game? Like he's, he's been insane. consistently good for a long time, but. I watched a, I watched a game like it's probably going back a bit now, maybe three weeks ago. I think he had ten blocks, and I was watch and I watched him, and it wasn't just like he was getting these like cheapies. He was meeting. He met like six different people at the rim, and he slammed the ball into the backboard. He was running down the floor, hitting threes. Like, was it, what is this? Where does he come so from? You've been in the NBA locker rooms. One of my favorite stories of being in locker rooms is the first night I went to Milwaukee, and you saw Giannis next to Brook Lopez side by side. And these guys are seven footers. You can appreciate that on TV, but until you see the size yeah. of these men up close mountains. in person, they're mountains. And I couldn't even imagine driving into them in a practice game, let alone going at the rim in an NBA setting. And again, I don't think our listeners want to hear like the analytics breakdown of the numbers and the ins and the outs. Just go watch some YouTube videos and see what Brook Lopez does inside. And then down the other end, he's turned into the Steph Curry of big men. He can shoot 40% from beyond the arc. He's going to win yeah. defensive player of the year. And just it's a front line with Giannis that that's why I picked them at the start of the year. I just do not see anyone beating them in the East. It's funny. There's this talk about Embiid winning the MVP at the moment, which is a great year for mine. Giannis is still the MVP, the best player in the world. And the Bucks can rightfully point to Brook Lopez as someone that can help slow down Embiid should they make in the playoffs. No one's going to stop Embiid. But with Lopez, no. the Bucks have someone that can drag him out at the other end and shoot those three ball. And Brook Lopez is one of the only guys in the NBA that can match and beat sides for sides. So, yes, I like my pick of the Bucks. I think they're going to make it through to the finals. The matchup I'm secretly hoping for is a rematch from a couple of years ago. I hope Phoenix can get their stuff together. We see Durant get back to the NBA finals and go against Giannis. Because for mine, that's shaping up as the best final series we could get because the West is a bit of a mess. So who knows who's going to yes. come out of that? Might be your Dallas Mavericks. Who knows? But I'm hoping <laughs> Durant can get fit and we can actually see some high level of basketball from him in the postseason without injuries or Kyrie Irving derailing his playoff team this year. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. I just dropped my phone trying to look at yeah. Bro- Bro- what that's, game that was at Brook Lopez. And it- Dallas's title hopes just are resting in peace. Yeah. 
crashing. It was against the Nets. It was four weeks ago against the Nets. He got nine blocks. Um, I don't think anyone picked this to happen. Um, no. A decade ago, he was a low-post interior big man that couldn't shoot the three. I don't think I, – I looked this up a few months ago. I think he only shot one or two threes his first six years in the NBA. He was yeah. a back-to-the-basket plotter, a big man, someone that looked like a vintage player from 20 years ago, and he's just turned himself into this incredible shooter. And the funniest thing was he was on the Lakers team when they signed LeBron James five years ago. Yeah, that's and right. And he snuck off to Milwaukee, got like a veteran's minimum for $3 million a year. And by the time his contract's done, he's almost going to make $100 million after that when no one in the NBA wanted him. So it's an incredible story. If only we had – I don't know. Do the, do the Mavericks want what's, to what's DeMarcus try Cousins for Luke Travis? <laughs> what's DeMarcus Cousins doing these days, honestly? Hey, we, we podcast with Greg High once a week. Get him on a plane to Dallas. He'd be their second best defender. I would love him to just be around Luca and just give him like a bit of a kick in the ass. I, f- I feel like Greg could be that guy that would be like – doing like jumping on the like grabbing loose balls and taking charges and like screaming at Luca to do something like he'd get yelled off the court I'm sure like Greg wouldn't be welcomed back but um we look I reckon we get this season done as a a Mavs fan as a basketball fan in general let's get this season done I'm just over this NBA season it's it's too long it's way (laughs) too long way too many games let's get this season done dusted whatever give the championship to the Bucks the Suns whatever just Get it done. Let's start fresh, um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, all right. Well, let's. Um, I'll re- I'll leave you. I'll leave you away. Uh, sorry, I'll leave you alone from you know my demise and just we'll, pouting. We'll step and, off. We'll step out of the psychiatry room and uh, you can hand me the pillow back. I yeah, think thank call you. Call this episode like the Texas massacre or something because yeah, something something falling apart. Something bad. Um, we will be back next week. I'm not sure who who will be on, but I've got a, f- a few names lined up. Um, but we'll we'll put a post out. Um, when it gets a bit closer, and we'll get some questions for them. Um, hello at Backchat Basketball. Uh, sorry, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au is where you can send us an email for some questions. Uh, we always get good questions through the people that send them through. So keep sending them in as well as backchat underscore basketball uh, on Instagram. There's a good way to send us messages. Um, ben, you're going to, what are you going to do for the, um, maybe we should get, to, we should maybe do one more episode when the finals, the playoffs start and we can, you know, talk about how good the Bucks are. And I can, <laughs> complain more why the Mavs aren't there but um uh three games left or, or or two depending on your team at this by the time this comes out um just ready to for this season to be over go get yourself a hot cross bun have some chocolate this weekend and mm. just pretend basketball doesn't exist I think you are uh, need yeah. it for the soul for sure I'm gonna get some Lurpak butter because it's like mm. for some reason just so good and just heat up a hot cross bun and put it on there that's a that, I learned that at the Wildcats when I was working there Lurpak hot cross bun um, maybe that was the secret to their success while while I was there. Uh, ben Malice, um, what's your what's your um, handle on Twitter? It's just at Ben Malice. So creative. It is. I, I thought a lot about that. I thought I'd trick the people, but uh, give them a nice easy one to track me down with. Yeah, um, I've been tweeting a lot recently about West Coast Eagles, and uh, this isn't a, a football podcast, but um, maybe we need a Jimmy podcast. Whole- that's honestly the way that I feel about the Dallas Mavericks. Don't even get me started about my feelings about the West Coast Eagles. I just, my heart's getting ripped out. I've got no, like, no sports team to back. Like, I've got nothing to go for. 
So it's all right. I'll carry the wins. My Leeds United team had a win during the week and we're bouncing back. So if you want some good vibes, get on the Leeds United train. We're going for the wonderfully mediocre 13th place in the EPL, which is what we need. <laughs> <laughs> which great. means we avoid relegation, which I will take. So, yes, the, the Leeds United squad is holding it down for the Back Chat Basketball Podcast. All right. Well, shout out to the Leeds United fans for keeping us up and about. Um, yeah, we'll chat to you next week. <laughs>